Welcome back in to the Cary Grove Football Show, week nine of the high school football season. We're going to get right into it this week as we have three different segments for you on the show. The first, our player segment, as usual, this week with senior defensive lineman Nick Wojcik, uh, who has been a stalwart of that defensive line this fall. In our middle segment this week, it's Coach Brad Seberg, and then we close out with two members of the Cary Grove Football Association, Kevin O'Malley and Bob Baker. So those will all be separated by that great sound effect we use every week. Uh, Please enjoy this. It was definitely enjoyable conversations throughout, and then we'll talk to you on the other side. Here we go. We are back with senior defensive lineman Nick Wojcik. Did I get that right? And uh, we're going to go through a few different things about the defense uh, this week, as it is already week nine of the high school football season. And, Nick, uh, we're going to get into the defense in a minute. But first, what has your story been with football, if you can just take us in a little bit into your journey? So I've played um, here in Cary my whole life, um, all the way through flag football, whatever that was, uh, first, second grade starting. Um, Played a lot of O-line, D-line my whole life, uh, so I've had a lot of experience in my position. Um, always looked up to the guys at the high school, so it's uh, a pleasure finally playing here and, and seeing this experience all the way through. That's really cool. And this year in particular, or no, actually I want to rewind a second. So when did you really make that full-time transition to D-line? Um, so my freshman year, I played... A little bit on the frosh team. I was kind of both ways, offense and defensive line. But then once I got called up for the uh, the playoffs and the state run, um, that's when they kind of fully transitioned me into the uh, the D line spot. And then I've I've been here my uh, rest of my high school career. So you had a playoff spot. I was. Um, or a practice player. I was a practice squad player. I helped out, um, but I was a D lineman, if you will. Okay, maybe we'll circle back to that to kind of. Uh go over how big of a year it's been this year um since week one if you could think way back then uh against Dundee Crown here at home and now the final week of the regular season what is some of the biggest ways the defense has gotten better um we've definitely become um more sound a lot less mistakes have been made um guys are doing what they need to um making sure they're getting to their responsibilities and uh that's definitely been much improved, um, I've noticed, all the way through the season. One year ago, you were doing who knows what. Yeah, I'm not sure what people were doing on Friday nights because this seems so far away. You know, we weren't in school. We weren't in sports. You can go down the list. Um, has your perspective changed at all within the last 12 months, especially having this back and having it at full power? Um. My mindset hasn't changed, but it's it's definitely um, it's nice being out here because we never know, um, especially last year, we never knew if we were going to get a season last year. So even playing those couple of games in the spring was uh, was nice, and then being out here, um, definitely a lot of fun. Um, been good. Do you guys pay attention to the playoff picture at all? I mean, it's definitely in the back of my head, but it's not um, something we focus on. Uh, I take it one week at a time, and uh, whatever opponent's in our way, we uh, take care of the business. 
um, then how significant would it be to have a nine and zero year? Um, it would mean a lot. Um, you know, there's not a lot of teams um, in the history of our school to do it, and those are the the great teams and the ones that make the state. So um, hopefully, we uh, take care of business here and finish that out. So thinking about the 2018 team, even though you were just a practice player, as you said, and then thinking about this team and what could be in store, do you see any similarities in terms of makeup or approach or even style of play or something else between those two? Um, a lot of hardworking guys. Um, that's what it comes down to. Everyone has uh, the same goal in mind, and everyone wants to win a state championship. If we, do what, uh, if we work up to our potential, I think it's uh, definitely in the picture. Middle part of the show this week, a little bit of a longer episode, and as always, we talk to Coach Seberg. It's already somehow amazingly week nine, and this team, this Trojan team this year is 8-0. and Coach, I wanted to start here. Looking back now on the first eight weeks, was there ever a moment or a game or even a practice where you were able to identify, hey, this team is going to be good? Uh, I'd have to, I think you'd probably have to go further back. I, you know, when you look, you look back in the spring, we knew we had some exceptional talent and we had just the sheer number of our senior class. And we knew coming into the summer that if our guys continued to develop, work hard, become leaders, uh, I, that we had a really good chance of, of having a good year this year. And so far that's really held, held true. There's a lot of things between the end of the spring season and the start of the fall season that we had to cram in in three months, which we normally would do over the course of six, seven, eight months in terms of finding leaders, developing the work ethic in the weight room. We usually work on all those kinds of things in the, in the off season, and this year the off season really didn't exist it really went right from the spring season and then into our summer camp and then into august so we've 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 known for a while that this group the senior group has a lot of the the things it takes to have very successful teams and so far that's held true you need five wins to get in the playoffs so that happened a few weeks ago that that qualifier happened so this is the 17th straight year that Kerry grove has made the playoffs uh, two of the 17 years were undefeated seasons. You won, won a state championship. Yeah, yeah. And then six teams lost only one game. So eight teams of the 17 either had one or zero losses. Hopefully I did my homework right. That sounds about right. So how significant is it or how special or however, whatever adjective you want to use, that at 930 this Friday you may finish 9-0? and well, it's a huge accomplishment. I mean, if that if that happens, that that accomplishment is is tremendous. We play in a great conference. We have great competition, a lot of great coaches, a lot of great players. And if we're fortunate enough to come out of the game on Friday with a win and and end up at nine and zero, that'll be um, a great accomplishment that no one will be ever be able to take away from our kids this year. And no matter whatever happens in in the playoffs, so it's um, it takes a lot too. It takes. You, know, you have to stay healthy, um, and I think most most importantly, and we really harp on this with our kids, is is the importance of consistency. To to maintain that high level of performance throughout the year takes 
concentration on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays, and you got to do that all over again every single week. And it means going to bed early and eating eating right and 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 managing time. And there's so many there's so many ways that kids and, and just human beings in general can slip. And to maintain that level is outstanding. And uh, we we sure hope that. Um, you know, at, at 9.30 or whenever that is on Friday that, that, uh, that we are 9-0. and But uh, we've got a tough opponent here this week in, uh, in Hampshire. Wade Abrams has been one of those consistent players this year. 595 rush yards, eight touchdowns. He has two more receiving touchdowns. And then he's gotten, as the season has gone along, more snaps on the defensive side. I had him down for, for 26 tackles and four sacks on the year. Is this kid the MVP of the conference? Oh, gosh, that's a tough question. There's a lot of really good players in the conference, and we have, we have quite a few of those good players too. So I don't know. You know. Wade's having a great year. He's a great worker. Everything that he gets on Friday nights he earns because he's put in um, as much work, if not more, than anybody uh, on the team. And um, you know, just comes to work every day, comes to practice every day with a, with a, a mentality of getting better. And he plays some tough positions. Playing slot in our program is very difficult, and playing where he's playing on defense is very difficult. And and the reason it's difficult is because from game to game he could be in different spots. Sometimes he's an edge rusher. Sometimes he's playing a little bit more uh, linebacker depth. So um, yeah, Wade's. Wade's having a great year and uh, making an impact on both sides of the ball. I wanted to go over enrollments a little bit because the opponent this week, Hampshire, they are now larger than all four District 155 schools. They're a 7A ball club, correct? Yeah. And then this past week there was a projection that said that one of the 155 schools might go to 5A. Your thoughts on as that has impacted either roster size or just matchups, or really just the ebb and flow of the community and, and how you've seen that from, from your side of the glass? Well, growing up in Marengo, I'm very familiar with this area, and Hampshire's been in existence a long time. Uh, it's, it's, it used to be a, a 1-2-A type of school. Uh, when I was in high school, they actually won the state championship, and really? they've had a ton of success over the years. And they're very similar to Huntley in that they started out as a real small farm community and then grew and grew and grew. And when they first entered the conference, I think they were probably in that 5A category, maybe 12, 1,300 kids. And now they've grown, and they're going to continue to grow. And as teams grow in our conference, what you, what you really see is football is, a, is really a number sport. It's a, it's a type of sport that requires a lot of kids to participate. You've got to have guys. There's injuries. There's lots of positions on the field. Um, there's lots of specialized positions on the field. So you need to have those numbers. And so as schools grow in size, you know, the one advantage that schools with higher enrollments have is their pool of available potential players. That's, that's a big advantage. What teams do with those players then is really up to each program and each you know each coaching staff and 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 how they build that. But uh, just having that number of available athletes is um, is very important, and uh, I see that number continuing to trend upward uh, for Hampshire. All you have to do is look at uh, that 
that area and the number of houses that are getting built. And if you look around the Crystal Lake and Cary area, uh, you, you, you know, you really kind of see landlocked communities. And so our communities are trending downward in terms of, um, of um, enrollments. And uh, certainly some of the schools that are a little west of us are trending upward. And, you know, and that's, that's, that's just a battle that teams, teams have been fighting for years. And no matter what conference you're in, you don't really care how many players are on the roster when it comes to Friday nights. It's all about those 11 versus your 11. Uh, but, uh, but certainly having the numbers, uh, you know, having, having an advantage in, in enrollment does give people uh, advantages just from the, the, the sheer numbers that they have to draw from. We're back with Kevin O'Malley and Bob Baker, who are members of the Cary Grove Football Association, and they're going to get into what that is, give me an education as well, as well as the listeners, um, along with some other things, including about this 2021 CG football team. So guys, uh, first you can introduce yourselves, so we know who's speaking, and then uh, just your background with this program, and then, and then the association uh, as well. Oh, I'm Bob Baker, and I am the treasurer of the uh, Football Association. I've been with the Football Association since 2011, so this is my 10th year. My experience with the program is I had two boys play, one Hayden Baker who was on the 09 team, and then Quinn Baker who was on the 2012 team. At Kevin O'Malley, I've been associated with the Football Association I believe it was the after the 2008 season going into 2009, and I was brought on. I had a my oldest son was in eighth grade going to the high school, and they were just looking to get. They have the annual golf outing, and so they kind of recruited me to go there and came in and have been here since. And he's the president <laughs> of the association. That seems like key information. Yes, yeah, I yeah. Want to share it. Um, so what are some of the things that the association does, either on an annual basis, or, or is this just a fall thing, or, or how has that evolved over the years? It's not just a fall thing. In fact, we generally meet most frequently uh, during the spring and the summer as we plan for the golf outing. We, the, the, the purpose of the association is to generate and raise money for the football program to cover the costs that the, the school district can't pay for, the school can't pay for. And it's a lot of things that people wouldn't think about. We've paid for uh, laptops and we've paid for drones and we've paid for shoes at various points. We've paid for uh, Gatorade. We pay, you know, so there's a lot of things that the school provides and they do a wonderful job, but there are just some things that they can't pay for. Absolutely. Even buses. Buses as well, yeah. Seven on sevens. We've provided help for the junior programs with goalposts. And yeah, off the top of my head, but it, there, you'd be surprised what the school doesn't pay for. And I'm not sure how other programs can compete and be competitive without a a, a, a uh, association like we have, uh, because it, it does have expenses. Absolutely. Another function I didn't think about it, but. It's just because I am actively involved in it is the moms who put together the dinners on Thursday nights. 
they collect the money and that goes through the football association and then we dole it out through the season so i'm always i get a you know uh, email saying hey can you write a check to galatis for this week and so so yeah so and i get to meet all the moms in the program over the last 10 years which has been great what are some uh ways if i'm a parent listening right now which we have a lot of them thankfully and, and again thanks everybody for listening what how can i get involved well, usually it's after the season, and when the season's over, and again, it, it, it's kind of a little different the last two years with the whole COVID thing. Yes, it, it's certainly right after the season's over, we'll get together, we'll pick a date. Usually it starts as early as January, and we'll put out an email or a blast to parents who want to get involved, and we'll have an initial meeting, and it's all to prepare for the golf outing. Would you usually like to have it in about middle of June? And that's usually the most of the work that we do takes place in the winter, going through the spring, preparing for the golf outing. It's our once a year fundraiser, and it was and it and it was on a roll since I started. It, we would just kind of continue to do what people have done before I even got involved, and everything was great. and And then when COVID hit, the last couple of years has kind of been a little. You know, not harder because you can't plan ahead because we don't know what we're going to be allowed to do or not allowed to do. So we're hoping after this year we'll put out another uh, interest letter if people want to help out. And and then that's kind of the way how we recruit and just put a letter out and, and hope people show up. You know, another thing to stress is that there are a number of uh, Care Grove fans who don't have kids who play on the team. And we don't have kids who play on the team and we're active in the association you could if you wanted to help support the uh, football program come be on the association there's no requirement that you have a kid in the program i will say it's mainly the parents who turn out and help us but we'd love to have any help especially people that want to be involved because there's some rabid fans here that are here every week well that's going to be uh thanks bob for the segue because then i'm, I'm going to follow up on that because you don't have kids anymore in the program and so that could be a transition to really the community connection piece. And for you guys on a personal level, why why still do it? Well, we still live in the community, and it's been a big part of it. I had two boys that went through the junior program and part of high school, and it's what I do. I mean, we've been doing it. And, and as far as even the junior Trojans, the, the feeder program into the high school, um, this is my 19th year coaching that and so it you know brought two boys in it and I and I still continue to do that and so you're here it's just it's I mean people I've been asked before you know you got tickets to the Bear Packer game I'd rather go to a high school football game on a Friday night than any than any professional team sports and you come out here on Friday night I think people will understand it if you're here one Friday night you'll you'll I think you get it you know, as a family, we bleed uh, blue and white. I mean, when you, especially, in, and I have a daughter as well, and she's been active, and she was a, a big spirit fan. And uh, But when they re- grow up through the junior program, starting six years old, they play, they come to the games, watch their heroes, you know, they get excited, then they play here. It, it It's just amazing when I sit back and, you know, I've had people say, why do, you, why do you let your kids play football? And I would say, oh my gosh, I couldn't see them not playing football. And I've only seen positive things come from it. And some of our family's happiest memories are 
those things. The junior, I, I miss every level. I miss junior Trojans. I miss high school. And they played in college. I miss that too, you know. We were talking off mic before we pressed record that the span of, of generations of fans, even on a Friday night, three days ago even, week eight of the season, a little bit of a cooler night, by the way, it's stroller to walker. I mean, really, it's from it's from infants to uh, senior citizens, you know, to, you know, respectfully to to all the different age groups out there. Um, why do you think that is? What makes this a unique experience? Well, I think, as Kevin indicated, there's nothing better than Friday Night Lights, you know, a high school football game. But just a personal note, I, when my son Quinn, I can remember 04, Brian Mitz quarterback, Quinn had him sign his shoe. And he carried that shoe around. He treasured that shoe. That's 04. Go ahead, 2012, he's the quarterback. You know what I mean? And you just love to see, though. And, and that's not unique. You see that time and time again, you know. And then it was kind of fun in 09 that I had both boys were on the team, you know, because Quinn was a freshman, got pushed up. So that was exciting, too. Two, you know, brothers on a, on a state-winning team. And I also think, I mean, the success the program has had, it's addicting. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, it, it, it would be difficult to carry on these traditions if if you were if you struggled on the field. But to have the success that they've had, I mean, you look at '04 to now. I mean, I don't off the top of my head, I don't have the record, but it, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, five state championship games, and I mean, semi. I mean, and, and so I think that also plays a big role in it. And then it just kind of then it. It, it excites the young kids that come out here. Now they get to sign up for the uh, the junior program, and it just and it just keeps going, and it's and it's and it's great to just witness it all. You guys both had kids go through the junior Trojan program, Kevin. You you're still coaching, like you outlined. So for both of you, again, how big is that program? Because we see other schools that have you know junior whatever or, or little this, little that. Um, but from a football perspective, like the football part of it, but also all these other elements we're talking about, how vital really is this junior level setup? Well, I think it's pretty vital. I mean, even on your earlier podcast throughout the year, every all the players you've got here, every one of them, one after another, we've been playing together since third grade, since fourth grade, and these guys just, it, it's you know, it's their friends, and and it's just. It, and it just it's carry it carries on year after year so I, I think it makes a big difference when you're playing with kids and you, you know the guy next to you the, the guy you know and it's different positions and but it doesn't matter and it, and it carries on even outside of football you see these guys hanging out and it's I, I think it plays a big role and are we running the option in third grade we we are not <laughs> Um, we just we 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 kind of keep it simple but we we, we stress uh just playing together, playing fast, and you know, and we, we don't try to get that. I wouldn't know how to teach it anyway. So, you know, the the pro, it's aspirational, right? So the program's so important when you see those players who play together in junior Trojans, and then they're here Friday night wearing their jerseys. They're all hanging out together, and they're saying, "I can't wait till I'm on that field. I'm playing in high school." So, and that's just that's almost the motivation that keeps them at it doing the hard work, doing what they need to do. And, and there's nothing better than seeing the young kids here with their jerseys on, goofing around and, and you know, at well, the game. Even, 
I'd like to say just even this current seniors that you have on this team right now, four years ago when they were in eighth grade, they were a really good team. And they, I'm telling you, they knew that they would be in this position and be this thing. And they, they talked about that and they stuck together. And a lot of the kids that played on that team are still here today. So it's, uh, it's fun to watch it. And I, I, they're not done yet. Um, it'll be the last month here is going to be exciting. Well, let's wrap up there then with the 2021 team. This team is 8-0. You know, Kevin, you're, you're kind of foreshadowing what could be. What have you seen from them that has been where you can identify, hey, this is a special team this year? The running clock. I mean, they, they have dominated every team. In fact, I was worried they weren't, they haven't seen a test yet. That was nice, kind of Jacobs that yep. they, you know, they, they, it was finally, you see them in the trenches fighting a little bit. It was, uh, that was nice to see. But, uh, no, this, this team is incredible. And the, the biggest thing is you just can't get ahead of yourself and don't, don't start booking your rooms in champagne. you got to go one week at a time. Yeah, or decal, yeah. All right, any final thoughts from you guys? No, it just, it's, been, it's been fun to watch, and I think this next uh, five, six weeks could be very interesting. It could be a lot of fun. And we'd love to have you join the Football Association. Anyone interested, you know, we can help. Uh, you just got to reach out. Ask Brad. Brad will put you in touch with us. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again to Kevin O'Malley and Bob Baker, president and treasurer, respectively, of the Cary Grove Football Association. Really enjoyed spending time with those guys and, and meeting them for the first time. Uh, really good energy and spirit and you can tell the passion they have uh, for Cary Grove football and, and hope to, to see those guys again soon and talk to them. Hopefully everybody enjoyed the episode this week, certainly one of our, our longer ones of the year. In fact, I think it is the longest of the season. I'll see here when I put the episode through the, the magic of editing and, and post it like we usually do. So uh, it's been a good ride with the show. You know, the listenership has been... Nothing short of impressive. You know, it's really cool that so many people have hooked onto this wagon and this audio journey of what has been a really special team so far. And I think that's going to continue for quite a while. I'm your host, Matt Cozy, and this is the Cary Grove Football Show.